All right, we're back with you with a very special Christmas episode of our Talking With Friends podcast. I am Friends University Sports Formation Director Levi Converse, and with me as always is my assistant SID, Morgan Raspberry. Morgan, you ready for Christmas? I am so ready for Christmas. It's insane. All I'm, right. A Christmas background looking good. I'll be ready by the time Christmas gets here, hopefully. And we are joined today. A very special guest is our University President, Dr. Amy Brad Carey. President Carey, thanks so much for joining us today. Happy to join you. Yeah, it's awesome. So since we're doing this just a little ahead of Christmas morning, are you and your family ready for Christmas? I mean, all shopping done, everything ready to go? I think we're mostly ready. Um, probably a few things to wrap and uh, pick up a couple of items, but we're pretty good. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. All right. I usually go down to the last minute. I don't know about Morgan, but I usually, there, there's even been a year where I've been actually shopping at the mall on Christmas Eve. And that's, I'll be honest, I only did that one time. <laughs> that was it. But once you do it one time, I think it's pretty well scars you from doing it again. But um, we're pretty well ready. Um, we still got a couple things to get, but um, we're, we're wrapping it up. And kind of as we're in the holiday season, obviously we we winded down a most unusual semester for all of us. And it all happened really quick. For me, I when, when COVID hit, for me, I had just hired Morgan as my assistant. And on a Wednesday, we're actually planning on how to move and calibrate our Pixalt Live system for baseball and softball. We're actually putting in the details on a Wednesday. And that Friday morning, everything really come down the pike. And we've already suspended the spring sports season. So it just happened like it was night and day for me. It was just like so quick. I wonder from, from where you're sitting, just how fast did all this happen? Same uh, for our administration. You know, it was about a week and everything shut down. And we went from 250 people could, to, could gather to 110, you know, all in just a few days. And uh, then we'd see all the schools that were sending students home and, and recognizing that uh, this was the course that we would be on. And you know, at that time, we thought it was short-lived, that it would just be a few weeks, we'd be back together. Uh, this would be like uh, a lot of other uh, flu situations, uh, obviously more contagious and things like that. But that, you know, um, as, as the spring would progress, that hopefully we'd be back together. Well, that, that wasn't the case. And, you know, it's, as you know, it's continued on uh, and is still continuing, although the vaccine is very hopeful and I think that's going to improve our spring semester dramatically. And that along with the uh, shortened time for quarantine and uh, the fact that we have a lot of uh, testing availability now at Friends University, uh, our rapid tests um, are available. So that will help us uh, quite a bit this spring. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it, it's here and obviously things haven't been perfect for any of us um, here in athletics or anywhere on campus, but. From, from my view, I feel really good about how we've come together and really made the best of an unpredictable situation for any of us. Um, how would you assess kind of how this semester has, has gone on and what's transpired for us? Well, we have a great team, uh, not just in athletics, but across the campus. Uh, I think what we experienced was that our faculty and staff were all in for our students and everyone really did everything possible um, to provide as normal a situation as we could, understanding, of course, there are a lot of limitations. But I think, um, you know, we tried to get some, you know, activities and events in where we could do that 
outside. Um, we were able to have fans at a lot of our games, particularly our outdoor games this fall. Um, we even had a modified you know, homecoming. And so um, I think everyone worked to the best of our ability within the restrictions uh, to provide a good experience and uh, challenging. And, you know, it was challenging all over the country. Uh, but as I talked with my president colleagues and we were on Zoom calls uh, throughout the country, uh, many of them were just totally virtual. And what we did, um, which was having students in person with activities, athletics and fine arts, uh, was remarkable. And not that many colleges and universities were in that position. And so we were in a very unique uh, space of, of providing as much as we did. So. I think uh, we did really, really well. And I'm so proud of all of our students and our faculty and staff, because the students um, were a big part of that because they were, they were complying with the requests. And, and even those that had to quarantine were very um, respectful uh, to the leaders as we were saying, okay, here's what we need to do. So it, it just, it really was in, in many ways, our finest hour, you know, may have heard that before, but it, it was our finest hour and everyone coming together. Yeah, and President Kerr, I want to commend the work you've done and really the entire administration here. I mean, on my end, Rob's been phenomenal. I mean, working with him and all of our staff, administration, campus staff, coaches, they've all really worked together. And I think, and as you mentioned, a lot of the schools were virtual and that, that's perfectly their choice. A lot of high schools were virtual as well. Um, but we, keeping our doors open, I think the way we've made this work and from what from where I stand, from what I have seen with our students and student athletes, you know, almost on a daily basis, it's really helped their mindset to be here, and it's really kind of kept things a sense of normal. I wonder if that's kind of how you've seen it here on campus, because the vibe is, has been so much better. Again, it's not been perfect; we've had some issues and stuff, but as anybody would. But I just think it's been a really good experience for our students to be able to be on campus and learn and actually play sports, at least as close to normal as what we can make it. Well, you know, um, our goal was to keep people healthy, of course, and safe. And that was paramount to all of the other kinds of activities that we would offer. And I think we were able to do that successfully. And so um, that was, of course, very, very important. And I understand that other circumstances with other institutions where they were located, things like that, required them to be virtual. But, but we felt that we could do it. We had a good plan uh, in in place to um, provide education uh, in person. And um, so we were successful in, in doing that. It was interesting, um, I was just on a call with um, Dr. Burks. You probably heard mm -hmm. um, Fauci and Dr. Burks. Yeah. Well, actually Dr. Burks graduated from uh, a Christian college, just like Friends wow. University. And that president uh, arranged for her to speak to all of us, um, Christian college presidents, a Zoom call, and she was very complimentary of the work of college and universities. Her was actually um, a college president, and she said, "I know your world, and I I understand the challenges that that you've had." Um, and she commended us for uh, the work, particularly in the classroom. She said, "We're not seeing outbreaks from the classroom," and we did not see that here at Friends University. Uh, so I think students really appreciated the opportunity to, to come and be in person and to have that um, education day and interacting with their faculty. The other thing I think is important, and I just saw a survey come out that 
80% of college students indicated that they've had some concern or issue with mental health during the coronavirus. Well, this is real, right? So it's, it's not just the health in terms of keeping people away from this coronavirus, but it's the mental health aspect. And um, that's what, what I have been focusing on as well as um, the, the health issues for coronavirus, because um, we know that, that that's impacting students. And so we believe that just, you know, like physical activity, getting outside um, and, and moving in, and being in these um, team opportunities, that does improve your mental health. And so we think being here, being together, uh, being in class, uh, participating in sports uh, does provide that, that experience that will help our students thrive just a little bit better through this difficult time. I totally agree. And you know, you go from when we had this shut down things in March and, um, and we had no choice to do that. that. That was pretty well mandated. But the, the emotions of the students that I, that I talked to and the student athletes, you know, we follow on social media, um, here, the vibe that we got, you know, they were heartbroken. It, it was hard for everybody, the heart for the whole country. So I just think coming back, you know, having a fall semester that we had has done wonders from, from what I've seen. And I think a lot of us have seen for their mental health because I think that's something we kind of neglect them. Not neglect, but I think it's easy to be left out a little bit of the conversation. But I think it's been great for them. And some of the things that we've done, and I've talked to Robin Scott Mosier about this, we talk daily, but um, some of the stuff that this has made us do um, as a department and some, I think as a university, it's made us more innovative. Um, and we've, I've spoken on this a little bit. There's some things that I'm doing on my end that I'm probably going to continue doing next year. Um, just because it, it's, it's smooth and it's, it's, it's efficient that we normally wouldn't have tried if not for this. Um, so just, just kind of quick on your end, is there anything that the administration may continue doing that, you know, you maybe wouldn't have done pre pandemic and may has continued doing in the future? Well, the option to zoom into class, I think, has been a positive, and uh, especially if students have maybe an, just an extended illness, uh, having those capabilities now and, and having our faculty really uh, much better at using these technologies because they're all pushed into it, I think that has helped us uh, considerably. You know, we've been working towards training our faculty in all of these modalities, you know, all these ways of providing education. Now, we don't want everything to be on Zoom, but there are times when students need to step away and it's more challenging to get to class. So I think those are some of the opportunities that we have in the future. I just heard of a student that wanted to finish their accounting degree. They had left the institution around 2014 and they're out in another part of the country and they said, if I could zoom in, I wanna, I wanna take this class from Nicole Pendleton. If I can zoom into her class, then I'm gonna finish my degree and get my accounting degree, which she, she has done. And so I think those are the opportunities that we now have um, for students that stop out, students that have those challenges and just can't get here in person. So, so we've, there's quite a few things I think that we will continue to do and uh, continue to implement. And, and I know there's some time savers for me. If I can zoom into a meeting and I don't have to drive halfway across town and back, that helps um, my schedule as well. So I think all of us are learning um, some of those opportunities, but I think 
ready to get back in person and, and uh, have those meetings where we can see each other face to face in a, in a room. So we'll, we'll look forward to that. No doubt about that. And I'll confess before this went on, I had been on Zoom before, I'd been on virtual meetings before, but I wasn't real familiar with it on like an everyday basis like we had to starting in March. And we had our athletic meetings on there, you know, once a week. And then we, I even led a, a strategy meeting with our, some of our coaches on there. It really come in handy. So um, I'm, I, I want to be normal and I'll admit though, I wasn't familiar with Zoom and it, it come in handy and we'll probably still visit that a little bit from time to time. Um, Morgan now has a couple of Christmas questions she's worked up for yet. Um, she's kind of the, the holiday spirit here. I got a lot of holiday spirit, but I don't think it's quite as much as her. You can tell in her background, she's really immersed in, in the Christmas spirit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let her ask a couple questions now. I'm sorry. Christmas is one of my favorite holidays of like all time. And how could it not be? You're celebrating Jesus Christ's birth. So how can you not be so excited for that? Mine too. But, um, I also wanted to piggyback a little bit from like the students' perspective. President Carey, we appreciate everything that you really have done for us and all of the administration and everything that everybody has done because not only, I mean, I know for a fact at the beginning, we all, we're not too fond of having to be separated or spaced out and could, had to wear masks and that we couldn't interact as we normally do. But towards the end of the semester, you started seeing normalcy and that actually, helped a lot of students, particularly uh, particularly myself in general, because I I like in-class per in-person classes, and that just made me feel so much better that we were able to do that and that we had that opportunity. So thank you so much for doing that and for allowing us to continue to do that as well. So yeah, there was that. Okay. Also, Morgan, I can't yeah. hear you too well. Can you turn your volume up just a little bit? I don't think it's work. Is it working now? It might not be working. Can you hear Levi? Are you? I, I can hear. It's just a little bit softer than what it was yeah. before. A little bit of background noise. I, I can hear, but it's a little bit softer than what it was. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. That's better. That's better. That's I so I'll just talk extremely loud, which there I there you can. go. That's a little better. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, anyways, I just wanted to say thank you for allowing us to do in-person classes and for allowing us to have all of those different uh, things that we as students were able to do because I promise you it did help a lot of students out, um, especially during these times because it, it's a struggle right now, but we appreciate that and everything that you did for us. Well, you're very welcome, and um, you know that was our goal: is to to try to make as normal as possible um, in a pandemic, which you know, normal. So, um, and we're, we're not there yet, but I, I really feel like this spring is going to be much better. Mm -hmm. So, getting into the Christmas spirit. So, I know that you have been a part of Friends University for a while now. And we weren't able to do every single Christmas tradition this year that we normally do, but what is probably your all-time favorite Christmas tradition that we do here at Friends? Well, I love the Christmas concerts um, and events. And this year we did the Christmas candlelight virtually, which wasn't quite the same, but I'm, I'm so glad that the students were able to perform 
and have that um, as a Facebook Live event. And so that's always one of my favorites, um, kind of kicks off um, the holiday. And then I love the lighting ceremony too. And we were able to have that. And this year it was much bigger and um, all outside, which I have been pushing for for a while um, to have everything outside and the weather was perfect. So um, that was a great event. And it's just uh, fun to see the community come together. Uh, this year we had the mayor um, join us and help light the tower and his son did the countdown with him. It was just darling. It was kind of right out of a Hallmark movie, really. I mean, you know, everybody gathering around and singing Christmas carols and watching the the tree, the tower get lit. So um, those are some of my favorites. Those are always really good ones. I want to say I watched the candlelight one my freshman year, and then I've watched the lighting of Davis almost every single year. This year, I sadly was not able to, but it's always one of my favorites too. And then so I also know that we do a Christmas tree contest with, throughout all of like the different clubs or divisions that want to participate in it. So if you can remember, what would probably be like one of the funniest or like the best Christmas tree themes that you've probably seen? Well, the psychology club has come up with some funny ones through the years and um, there's always some very nice, nicely done uh, ones. And then I would say uh, the Halo Club um, uh, always has kind of the more um, big production ornate. You know, they have a lot of aspects to their, their tree. Yeah, they always have a very beautiful tree. I absolutely love Miss Molina and everything that she does. And it's, it was always so beautiful. Uh, I, I want to say the hippopotamus for Christmas one last year was really funny that the zoo science club did. That was, that was a good one. They are creative too. They are very creative. I would agree. Um, so getting into like kind of a little bit more personal, like do you and your family do any Christmas traditions that are kind of fun or just interesting or even different from probably the normal Christmas traditions that people usually do? Well, I have um, a Swedish background. Uh, so our family, uh, my grandma, uh, Swedish, well, both my grandparents on my dad's side spoke Swedish and my grandma was really good at keeping the Swedish tradition going. So um, she would um, do the Swedish meal and then my mother took that over. And um, my mom's 85 and this will be the first year that she's not doing the whole entire Swedish uh, meal on Christmas Eve. We're going to go to my sister's house. But um, so that's uh, meatballs, rice pudding, lingonberries, and uh, Swedish sausage, and all those kinds of things. And I, I love that meal. And um, so we gather together on Christmas Eve, uh, typically after we've gone to church, and, and then um, have our Swedish uh, food. Uh, another tradition in, um, in, with the Swedes is called Santa Lucia, and Santa Lucia is um, December 13th, and um, for years uh, I would go and uh, play the role of Santa Lucia, I have, actually have a battery-operated Santa Lucia crown, you know, 
really they wore candles back in the day. It was very dangerous. Um, so, uh, and she would wear a white robe with a red sash and, and then bring um, uh, cookies and, and a, you know, lit candle. Um, and so this year, my daughter um, kept that tradition and brought that over to my folks on the 13th of December. So, so those are some of the things that we do in our family at Christmas time uh, to celebrate and it's related to our Swedish heritage. That is absolutely amazing. That is so cool. That is just so awesome. Not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, so because this had been a debate on our podcast before, I'm sure Mr. Levi knows where I'm going with this. But, uh, I do know. I do know where it's going. So I was wondering, how do you, like, what is your take on decorating for Christmas before Thanksgiving? Well, um, I have a daughter who will not decorate until the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, and we typically would do that the Friday after Thanksgiving. We would um, all get together and, and do the tree and things. Um, but now that we're here in Wichita, typically we have quite a few um, people over to the home around Christmas time. We do a lot with donors and receptions. Um, our tree gets up very, very early. So we've had to, to let go of that tradition here um, because those events happen uh, pretty quick. So, so, um, so we decorate anytime, but I, and I love to have the decorations up for quite some time because I think it's just um, light and bright and, you know, kind of festive in the house at a time where it's kind of dark and dreary for a while in January. So we keep up the dec decorations into January. See, that's what I like to do, not going to lie. But then again, again, I'm a huge Christmas person. I have so many Christmas decorations. It's insane. My boyfriend hates me for it. <laughs> because he's like why do you have so many i'm like because it's fun so, morgan do you want to share real quick um we had a poll on this too um uh, that we had a few weeks ago do you want to share real quick why you are so i guess passionate about decorate decorating for christmas before thanksgiving <laughs> okay so there was a video on a social media app that was going around and it completely changed my whole like take on the idea of decorating for Christmas before Thanksgiving because I used to be the same way as your daughter. I never wanted to, I always wanted to give Thanksgiving there its time. Like, nope, Thanksgiving, Christmas is after. But this completely changed my mind. <laughs> um, so it was about a guy. He was talking about, or he was kind of complaining about how people complained to him about celebrating Christmas way too early and his idea of why he does this is because one it's the birth of Jesus Christ which is something we should be celebrating all year round anyways so why not do it a, a, like a month earlier two Jesus Christ he had he was alive he passed away and then he was alive again so what we do is to bring him alive, we celebrate before Thanksgiving, but then we take a couple break. Like we take a couple days break for Thanksgiving. So like we like we have that break 
to celebrate Thanksgiving, to give thanks for all the things that we are thankful for for him. And then as soon as Thanksgiving is over, we bring him back to life. And we start celebrating Christmas all over again in the Christmas time. So why not celebrate it a little bit earlier? Sorry, my dog is crazy. Um, well, I think that's um, really important what you've talked about in terms of, you know, not just the decorations, which, you know, we can get caught up on the cute Santas and the fun little trinkets and trees, but that it's that idea of light and hope um, that uh, Jesus brings and that idea of Christ with us, you know, so Emmanuel, God with us. And, and I think probably more than ever right now, um, I, I think many more people decorated early this year because they just needed something to brighten up uh, their mood. Um, and, 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 you know, Jesus is the hope of the world. And so so the, the ability to kind of bring that into your home and to do so, um, especially this year when we're all looking for a little something uh, to encourage us. And I think that, um, you know, that's why this season is so important. It's, it's not just that we celebrate that uh, Jesus was born, but that he is, is the hope. And, um, you know, what does the Bible say is the greatest commandment is that we love God, we love God's sons, Jesus, and, and we love each other. Um, uh, and, and that's what um, I think this season represents, this time of, of hope and love and sharing that, and sharing that with one another. Um, I've said oftentimes that if we can't talk about Jesus during a pandemic, I don't know when we're going to talk about him, because um, this is the time that we need it. We need something um, of, of hope to hang on to. And the great part about Christmas and Jesus coming in human form is that he walked among us and we have his words and um, we can go to those words and, and get that encouragement. And in his words said, you know, you will have trouble in this, in this life, but, but I am here uh, to, to help you. And, and so um, that's the, the real excitement and wonder of Christmas is that uh, God sent his son to be among us and have his words and uh, to, to be able to see that years and years later. Um, and what's really fascinating, I have a friend who's a Dead Sea Scroll scholar, and uh, you know, there have been many, many copies of the Old Testament in different books. And uh, those 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 books go back, you know, um, into ancient times. And so we, we know that the words of Jesus are true because he said some of the same words that we have found in those texts. And so it's very comforting um, at this time to have that, um, have that in front of us and have that hope. And, and I just hope that more and more people really experience that this Christmas uh, because we need it. Amen, President Kerry, because I 100% agree with you. Like, this time, is it's always a magical time for everybody, and it's always a time of hope and giving for everybody. But I feel, personally, this year, it's something everybody needed, you know, because yeah. we always, we want, we want to feel 
God's presence around us and we want to feel and we want to celebrate Jesus Christ and everything that he did for us. And we want this sense of hope to come over us and to hopefully bring in a whole new year of nothing but constant blessings. And I feel like that's something that everybody has been wanting. <laughs> so this is just an all around great time. And no lie, me and my mom were driving around my small little town just last night. And this one house went all out for Christmas. I I've never seen this before. And it was so amazing to see because I just keep seeing it everywhere that I go right now. And it's absolutely amazing. And we actually had a conversation about how it's just a time that Everybody, everybody wants to bring in this happiness. Christmas is a time of happiness, and we want that happiness. And it's so amazing to see right now and how everybody is responding to, if you want to say, like, if they're responding to the pandemic in this time. And it's, it's amazing to me. I absolutely love it. And so that's why that video completely changed my mind on the whole Christmas decoration intake. Because even though it's not necessarily about the decorations, it's mainly about how we need to celebrate our Savior. And if I want to do that before the time that he was born, then sure, I'm going to do it. You know, and it's just a great time to have right now. Good. Yeah, that's good stuff. And I, and I think, President Kerry, the verse you shared about having trials and trouble in the world probably sums up better than anything it's not typically a christmas verse but i think as we head into the holiday season i don't think there's a verse in the bible that better sums up um what we've dealt with and what we and the hope that we have in christ going forward i think that just really really puts a nice cap on it all right we're gonna let you get back to your wrap to your work wrapping up you know before christmas break and stuff i know we're all looking forward to that but thanks so much for taking a few minutes to talk to us today and merry christmas and we'll talk to you again soon thank you and merry christmas everyone all right thanks president Kerry. All right, that was our Fringe University President, Dr. Amy Bragg-Carey, joining us today on our podcast. All right, so Morgan, what, we don't have a lot on campus this week. Um, no. We have, um, we just announced today, we actually have a, a makeup game December 31st at Tabor that we're going to do. Um, it's at 6 p.m. in Hillsboro, Kansas. So again, we, we can watch that live online, no fans there. But you can cheer us on, cheer, cheer us on online as kind of we've we've had to do recently, and we've also got a couple of makeup games coming up January the 9th, January the eleventh, um, coming up with Bethel and Southwest Southwestern College on the women's side. So that is going to be something to look out for. Times to be announced on that, um, but that's that's on the horizon at least. Uh, nothing home right now, but uh, that it that is coming up. So no stuff to kind of keep in mind as we go forward so but the, the christmas the winter fall semester is officially wrapped up as we head into the holiday season so we made it as we talked about with president Kerry, everybody worked together to do a really good job with it i thought uh, i think we can take some satisfaction in what happened and some pride but at the same time uh, know that you know we, we still got work to do to, to keep everything going yep yeah no and I know that a lot of, because I have, obviously my best friend is Tiffany, and she's also on the basketball team. So I'm kind of glad that they're finally getting to have all of their makeup stuff worked 
working out and all of their games working out. They had a huge win against Avila the other day. Yes, they did. Sixty-six, fifty-three on the road. Mm -hmm. Very good, very good win. <laughs> huge, no lie. And then I know that they they held their own with Sterling. I know no. that they still lost, but that from what. Tiff told me, and I watched a little bit. I watched mainly the beginning, so I know that they kind of had it a little rough in the beginning. But um, Tiff was talking to me afterwards, and I was I was so proud of them, so, so happy for them because even though, like, it's a tough loss, and it's going to stink at the end of the day, but they they really held their own. And Sterling is, I think, number one in the conference right now, I think. Yes, yes Sterling is undefeated, actually. Mm-hmm. And so for them to go out and play as hard as they can and to continue to do that and then go to Avila and continue that on and still playing hard and still playing good and actually come out with a win, that's absolutely amazing to me. Uh, I heard that the guys are – they're kind of struggling at the moment. I know that they played against K-Dub not too long ago, and I think so did the women. Yeah, and the guys actually got a win against Sterling on last Monday night. Yes, they uh, did. They rallied back for that, 76-73. Um, Devontae Pack, who was our guest um, last time, he had another double-double, <laughs> 22 points, 11 rebounds. Um, so he continues his stellar play. And, um, and, and just talking about what you mentioned, the women against Sterling, they lost 86-77. But I'll tell you, from watching that game and covering it, Sterling is probably – one of the best passing teams I've seen at this level. They they moved the ball. Like, Kyla Conley has been there. This is her fourth year. She's been here as long as I have. And she's been mm -hmm. dominant um, ever since I can, you know, ever since she's been here pretty much. But mm -hmm. um, And she had 10 assists. As a team, though, they had 26 assists. And they really moved the ball well. We were down as many as 23 mm -hmm. in, in, in the game. We were down as many as 23. We come back, we, we kept fighting, and we cut it to a nine-point final margin. So um, they, you know, a lot to take their hat on, and they did at Avila. They, they carried it over one by 13 at Avila. So the, both guys and girls teams, guys won their last game against Sterling. So both are going to be coming off wins once we get back from the spring, for the spring semester. And the, guy, the girls actually have a home game on January 2nd. It's non-conference um, against Barclay College. So that's at 1 p.m. tip. So everybody keep looking out for that as well. No, no visiting fans allowed, maximum attendance, but watch it online on our stretch portal and you can cheer us on and watch us from there. So, so yeah, it's, it's coming on the horizon. We're going to take a break for Christmas, but we'll be back soon um, on, on campus with, with, with sports coming in. So, oh, something, yeah. to look forward, something to look forward to there coming up. Way so, sooner than you would think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it. Christmas break seems to go quicker than any break we have, even though it's really the longer break, but it seems to go really, really, really quick, at least it for me. I, usually it doesn't for me, but I would say this year it probably will, mainly because I'm officially working for you this year. But Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And I guess because, like, school had been so stressful, it just doesn't feel like it's officially over right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I have one more semester. That just hit me. I have one more semester. Yeah. That, that, that is crazy. That, that, that's crazy. But anyways, so I feel like this year is going to be a little bit – it feels like it's going to be shorter, but at the same time, I don't really know. Only time will tell. 
I know, I know, but you're right. It probably will go a little faster because, again, we mm -hmm. got a game January 2nd. So mm -hmm. after New Year's, after Christmas, it'll be kind of fun, though, to get back. Um, one non-conference game, it'll kind of get us back because for me, even when I was a student and now a worker in sports, coming back from Christmas break, I always was a little bit rusty on stuff I needed to do, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, focusing in classes and, and, you know, doing the work needed, taking notes, all that. It took me a few days to kind of get back in the swing of things. Same thing in sports. Um, it, you know, working athletics, it takes me a little, you know, a little while to really get back into the group. I think it's true for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And and it takes me just a little while. So a non-conference game against Barclays is going to be kind of nice to get us all back in the swing of things and with what we need to do and, and stuff. And then we'll get back in the conference play. So, yeah, January 2nd, our next home game, 1 o'clock p.m. after Saturday against Barclay College. So we'll be there. So <laughs> we'll be there covering it. Everybody can watch it online and follow up there. We'll, we'll be there covering it. So. So, all right, you want to jump into some NFL picks? I guess, because, I mean, we're wrapping up too. close to the NFL end right now. And I know that college, they're starting to have their bowl game starting, uh, I think, this week. Yep. Bowl game right. actually is today. The first bowl game is actually today at 1.30. Mm -hmm. um, Who is that again? Who's playing again today? I want to say it's the Cure Rate Bowl. I can check really quick. Um, <laughs> Appalachian State, I believe, is in it. Um, let, let's see right here real quick. But, yeah, it starts today that... at 1.30. Oh, nice. I do know that the four colleges, like the the championship teams right here, the four are Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. Yeah. Apparently was a huge controversy. <laughs> that's a topic that before before the, the selections were announced, that's a topic that I knew I would have an opinion on. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> um, and before I, I, I give my quick thoughts on that, um, it the the game is at one three. It is Appalachian State um, against North Texas, uh, and it's the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Uh, so the bowl season does start today. Playoffs, you're right, was selected yet <laughs> yesterday. Um, Alabama's at one seed, Clemson two seed. I have no problem with that. Absolutely, they're the two best teams in the nation. Um, Ohio State mm -hmm. three. That's another controversy, just because I don't think anyone really believes Ohio State's not one of the four best teams, but they only played six games. Compared to some yeah. teams playing 11 or, or even 12. So that's yeah. a little bit of controversy there. Um, that they, you know, play, they play maybe half a schedule um, out of some of the playoff contenders. And then Notre Dame, that was controversial. Yes. I, and, again, it's just my personal opinion. I'm not on the committee. I, I can only imagine how tough it is to, to find the four best teams. Uh, I know there's certain mm -hmm. formulas that they use. Um, so mm -hmm. I know it's, it, it's a tough job. So I'm not saying I would want it. I would not have had Notre Dame in there if it were me. I don't know because I, I watched Clemson play Notre Dame Saturday in the ACC championship, and I can't watch that game and think Notre Dame is one of the four best teams in the country. Yeah. I, I can't – since I watched it, I can't really agree well, with that. No. So. You can't. Well, because, like, the controversy was between Notre Dame or Texas A&M. Yeah. And A&M, I don't – I don't remember. Do they? I don't think they had a better record. It was no. They were both had one loss. The the what hurt oh, AM, what hurt Texas AM was they already played Alabama. Their one loss come to Alabama, they lost by twenty eight. Mm -hmm. So that you know the committee, okay, you gonna put Texas AM in there again? They already lost to him once. For me, I would have probably chose Texas AM over Notre Dame. Uh, the other contenders, obviously Oklahoma, was a six seed right behind Texas AM. They were ranked six. They yeah. won the Big Twelve. Um, over the sixth ranked team coming into that last week. 
So that's actually a bigger win than, than any other team has this in the country this year, other than Notre Dame's over Clemson, which is another topic because Clemson that week, Notre Dame went to double overtime. Clemson does not have quarterback Trevor Lawrence, and they're missing three key defensive starters, including linebacker James Skowski. So that game, to me, is kind of what elevated Notre Dame into, into the playoffs. And I just don't think after watching Clemson handle them with Trevor Lawrence and with their full – you know, with their full amount of players, beating them 34 to 10. And it wasn't even that close. If you watched the game, Clemson could have scored a lot more. I think I just can't wrap my mind around Notre Dame being one of the four best teams in the country. I think Texas A&M, Oklahoma, um, even Cincinnati maybe would have been a better choice. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, though, what hurts them is playing the American Athletic Conference. So their highest win was basically over 23, number 23 Tulsa. And yeah. that come down to a last second field goal Saturday night. So, I'll give the committee this. There wasn't any clear choice at number four to knock Notre Dame out. A&M had already lost to Alabama. Oklahoma had two losses. Even though they won the Big 12, they had two losses. I can rationalize those as an OU fan, but I get it. Um, they did have two losses. And then since they didn't have the tough <laughs> schedule playing the American. So yeah. that's kind of what it come down to. So I, I get it. I knew it was going to be Notre Dame. But for me, that would not have been my fourth spot. If you ask me who I would have picked, that's harder probably. That's probably why Notre Dame is in there. But uh, there wasn't a number of another team that was ready to knock on the door and knock Notre Dame out. But yeah. I just – I don't think you can really – best for me, you have two elite teams, and then you have two teams that basically had to fill out the bracket um, yeah. with Ohio State and Notre Dame. That's kind of the way I look at it. Alabama Clemson to me yeah. is, is head and shoulders above everybody else. So. Oh, yeah. Because, like, whenever I, whenever I heard that it was Alabama and Clemson for sure in there, I was not surprised. I really wasn't. Ohio State – I actually really wasn't that surprised about. No, that was, was the Big Ten or six and zero. I get it. Yeah. But I mean, and I'm not. I'm not an Ohio State fan. MU all the way. So Buckeyes, not a Buckeye yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have the respect for them in the sense of I think that they are a good elite team, but I, I don't know if I necessarily would have had them as third. And then Notre Dame, I don't know. I personally think and I I personally think A and M is a little bit better, but I think but what did hurt them, I will agree, is the Alabama game. Yeah, and that's but, really what it was. I think and here's the bad and here's the unfortunate part though for Texas AM. Um if they had lost to if they had lost to Georgia or anyone else in the SEC and not played Alabama. Mm-hmm. then they're probably in. Yeah. They're probably in. But since they played Alabama, who's clearly the number one team in the country, the only other argument would be Clemson. Um, it hurts anyone, and really they're punished for their schedule. But since we've seen it, it, there just wasn't another team that knocked Notre Dame out. But, again, watching the game Saturday, there's just I can't, I can't fathom that Notre Dame's one of the four best teams in the country. But maybe they are. And, but that just tells mm-hmm. me that Alabama and Clemson are just, just in another, playing on another level than what everybody else is. Yeah, I have a feeling we're just going to – no one's really going to care about any other game outside of the Clemson and Alabama game. That's what we're seeing to be tracking towards them, yeah. That's just what everybody wants to see. They want to see that showdown. That's but, what we're I mean, tracking towards, yeah. I mean, and nothing wrong with the other two picks. I am I will say that. I feel like there's not a whole, whole lot wrong with that, but I would agree. I think they just were like, okay, we just need to fill these two spots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just need yeah, to give two other teams. I agree. A couple other New Year's Six games that is really good, too, that was announced yesterday. In the Cotton Bowl, you're going to have Oklahoma playing Florida. 
Oh, and that's, it, that's gonna be a really good game. Oklahoma's playing as well as anyone is in the country. But again, they had the two losses early on with the redshirt freshman quarterback. So they've gotten a lot better um, since then. But they're playing Florida. Florida's eight and three. Oklahoma again won the Big Twelve over number six Iowa State. Florida was in the SEC championship against Alabama, and they actually took Alabama down to the wire. Alabama mm-hmm. won fifty-two to forty-six. Florida put up a lot of points. Quarterback Kyle Trask is probably going to be a Heisman finalist. Um, they're going to be without first-round pick, most likely first-round pick, Kyle Pitts, tight end. He's opting out to prepare for the NFL draft. But Florida, Oklahoma, to me, I think that really, after Alabama and Clemson, I'm not saying there's no even. I think a lot of people agree. After the most likely Alabama-Clemson national championship game, the game I'm most looking forward to is the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma, and Florida. Because I think that's going to be a better game probably than the playoff games with Alabama and Notre Dame and Clemson, Ohio State. Probably. I could be wrong, but I, that's the way I see it. I think that game is going to be a really electric game. A lot of offense. Um, Oklahoma's defense is much better, which is why they're playing much better down the stretch. Their defense improves so much. And, again, Florida's got a high-powered offense. That's a really, really good game. Really, yeah. really good game on December 30th. Yeah, that's going to be an intense game for sure. And I mean, that – those two teams are both very, very intense competition teams, like in general. So, yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that one now. It'll be a good one. Other New Year's Six games um, on on January 2nd, you're going to have Oregon, Iowa State. Iowa State, again, we saw them lose to Oklahoma only by six. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Big 12 championship game, they fought back from a double-digit deficit. Um, had a chance to drive for the win and – um, Trey Brown intercepted a pass for Oklahoma to seal the game. Um, so Iowa State is in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. They're going to play number 25, Oregon. Now, I don't know if you follow this story or not, Morgan, but Oregon was not even supposed to be in the Pac-12 championship game. Really? They were 3-2. and two. Remember the Pac-12 along with the Big Ten? Played uh-huh. late, they started later. Um, Washington was supposed to be in that game, but mm-hmm. Washington had too many COVID issues. So they had to opt out of the championship game. So Oregon replaced them on a Monday. Last Monday, Oregon replaced them. So Oregon goes to Los Angeles and plays USC in the Pac-12 championship game and wins 31-24. So they get the New Year's Six Bowl game and the Fiesta Bowl against Iowa State. Wow. Is there not a better symbol of 2020 than what that, what, what, <laughs> what, what that is? I mean, really. That's interesting. That's, that, interesting. That, that's crazy. But Oregon's playing, Fiesta, playing the Fiesta Bowl against Iowa State. Please tell me they're not going to wear those ugly u- yellow uniforms. I bet they're going to wear some semblance of it. I know what you're talking about. The Nike, you know, Nike, they have a deal with Nike. And um, Oregon has so many types of color rush jerseys and alternate jerseys. Um, you never know what jersey they're going to wear no, when they play. Don't. They were wearing those on Friday night because I watched the game. They were wearing it. Um, so you probably you expect them to wear it. I watching them. Like, I'm sorry. but ugh. Yeah. There's like so it. many highlighters or something. I don't know. Yeah. If it looks like a toner yellow, like I respect Oregon because I absolutely love their colors. I really do. Yeah, yeah. When you have an all highlighter neon yellow uniform, yeah, and like helmet almost too, like I'm sorry, that's a lot. <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with Oregon because um, back in I believe it was 2006, mm-hmm. they played Oklahoma uh, early in the season. Oklahoma had the game won mm-hmm. and. Oklahoma recovered an onside kick, and they went to replay, and they somehow discovered Oregon recovered it, which is not the case. Again, everybody, it was universal. I'm an OU fan, but it was universal. Bad call by the replay booth. They, Oregon did not recover. It should have been over. Oklahoma should have won. It cost Oklahoma a spot in the national championship game most likely that year with that loss. 
And then later in the drive, Oregon gets the ball. They have another pass interference call in Oklahoma that the ball was tipped. And then they, mm-hmm. call, they didn't call it. So Oregon finally scores and wins the game. So since then, me and my dad, we decided we was going to hate Oregon. We rooted against Oregon every year, football and basketball. Oh but starting last year, starting last year, in the Pac-12 championship game, mm-hmm. Utah was one spot ahead of Oklahoma in the playoff rankings. Oregon played Utah. And Oregon took them to the woodshed, 37 to 15. Justin Herbert was on the ball over the field. You may know Justin Herbert now, rookie in the NFL with the Chargers, fantasy football. Um, Justin Herbert played Oregon last year, led up Utah. They won 37 to 15. That put Oklahoma in the playoffs last year, only to get humiliated by Joe Barrow. But that, that at least they were in there, top four, rather being than not. Um, and, and that put them in. So, and then this year, Oregon knocked off USC, which we were a little worried USC could jump Oklahoma just because they were undefeated. You know, they played a limited schedule. It probably wouldn't have happened. We want Oregon to win anyway, and they did. And Oklahoma is not, you know, whatever. So they've actually helped Oklahoma twice. So I've kind of had to root for Oregon. So I don't know that the bitterness isn't there like it used to be for me for Oregon. Yeah. Not for the last two years. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just don't like their uniforms. And I like that their mascot is a duck. Yeah. I just love it. I'm sorry. Especially their mascot. I like Oregon so much. Their furry mascot that comes out and, you know. I love it. I love their duck. Again, I wouldn't have said that last year, but the last two years, I have to kind of brag on Oregon a little bit, so I'm with you on the duck. The duck is a lot more humorous now than what it would have been because I've had some bitterness with Oregon until now, but they've come through when Oklahoma's needed them. Um, so Which I, can, I, I respect that like they're not obviously my favorite team by any means but I I just love like okay there's a reason I would not mind if I ever went to Oregon just because I want to call myself a fighting duck there you go like that's the only reason I want to go to Oregon is because I want to be able to say I was a fighting duck yeah I don't know what it is about it. It's just awesome. Another reason where I have to root for Oregon, aren't you? (laughs) It's just awesome. Like, how can you not love a mascot that's a duck? Yeah. Come on. Well, I I could have two years ago, but I I can't now. I can't now. I would have found a reason two years ago, but now I'm with you. I'm with you now. Another New Year's Six game that was really good and that you probably are familiar with on January the 2nd at night, um, the Orange Boat. Texas A&M is yeah. playing North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So A&M in a New Year's, in a New Year's mm-hmm. Bowl, the Capital One Orange Bowl, Texas A&M versus North Carolina. That's another good game I'm looking forward to because A&M, Kellen Mond, the quarterback's playing really well for A&M right now. Their defense has been solid all year. North Carolina, their quarterback, Sam Howe, can light up scoreboards. They, they put 62 on Miami just a couple weeks ago, and Miami was ranked 10th at the time. They won 62-28. to 28. Um, They had Notre Dame tied at halftime. Notre Dame come back and won the second half. But uh, North Carolina is a really good football team. And, and they have a couple tough losses while they're only ranked 13th. But um, they, they, they seem to rise to the level of their competition. Mm-hmm. And, and A&M, that should be a really, really good game. Orange they definitely give good. people a run for their money, but so does A&M. Yeah. And, yep. I mean, I don't know. I, I agree. I think that that's going to be a very good game. It's going to be a very intense game because yep. both teams, they're almost perfectly – balanced out if you want to say yep yep I, I think like I feel like they're both um not necessarily fully equal but like they have a great offense 
both teams have great offenses. Both teams have pretty decent defenses as well. Like not one is more outstanding than the other, I feel. So I think that this is going to be, it's not obviously going to be a very high scoring game probably, but it's going to be very intense matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Should be a good game. So the new year six games may be better than the playoff games. Some of them. So um, You're right. like it could be. So again, college football bowl starts today. Appalachian State, North Texas, one thirty. The Myrtle Beach Bowl. So it, it's it's getting going tomorrow. There's a game. It's the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Tulane, <laughs> Nevada, and then the Boca Raton Bowl, UCF and BYU. So pretty good games coming the next couple of days. Both seasons are getting off to a pretty good start. Um, NFL's winding down. Two weeks left in the regular season, and. Uh, our fancy football is winding down as well, mm-hmm. um, especially mine and yours and our league. <laughs> um, but we still got another week left and consol- a couple weeks left in consolation. So we got to. I'm surprised I'm not lost in our league, if I'm being honest. I okay. thought I was dead uh, last. So might as well be. I'm close enough. Might as well be. But hey, we're starting fancy basketball tonight. So we're, we're going to lock it in for that. <sighs> The NBA scene starts. Like I'm dead last. Wow, that's awful. Yeah. I thought it wasn't. Ah, it's me and Melissa. <laughs> yeah. So Melissa, if you're listening, I don't like being Melissa. Tonight, but Morgan is just kind of calling you out a little bit, point out that you're last. I don't know if you have anyone going out or not. You may be I'm over too. You got someone going out. You got someone going. Do what? Are you? Are you? Does she have anyone going tonight? Let me look. I don't know. Or is it over? No, we're over. All right, so you won. I did win. I won by 200. Not 200. I won by 116. What? Yeah. 206 to 176. Yeah. Yeah. You won by 30, I think, 30 points. Probably. Yeah. Hey, I'll take that. (laughs) You won. I'm looking at the scores now. I was focused on my score. Um, I'm losing by 15 right now, and I'm going to lose. I'm projecting lose by 20. I've done miles going, so it's pretty well yeah. over. Um, Matthew beat Peyton in a consolation game by three points. Um, Luke is going to beat Chris and be in the championship game. Wow, he is going to be on. He is going to be happy tonight. And it looks like he is going to play my dad because he beat Scott. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be Luke and my dad in the title game. That was actually, I believe, our baseball matchup as well. Um, so they've, they've got something pretty good going. Mm-hmm. I actually played my dad three straight years in our baseball championship games, uh, championship baseball fantasy league. I played him three straight years. Um, it was actually broken last year. It was the first time we hadn't played. Um, and he beat me two out of the three. I beat, I won one of them and he beat me two out of the three. So my dad's pretty good at this. Pretty good at fantasy sports. Oh man. Yeah, I definitely lost. In my other league, like I got third in my other league, or I'm in third right now. I don't. Know. We don't really have like a. Now, seeing my NAI SID league, I'm actually the five seats. So I missed the playoffs by one spot. Yeah. In teams, I'm five, but I'm third in overall points. So by points, I should be in. I should have been in the playoffs. Yeah. Just some bad luck, some inconsistent weeks. So I did pretty good in that league. <laughs> okay, in our league, I was in it to the very final week, but I didn't didn't win a final game. And if I'd won the final game, I don't think I had enough help anyway. But yeah. um, I did, you know, I was in it the final week, but 
it's kind of short. So, yeah. but basketball starts tonight. Season starts tomorrow night. We're going to do it tonight. Get it going. And um, yay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So if you want any tips on that, let me know on here. But uh, oh yeah, if you guys have any tips for me, because I have no idea what I'm doing, especially not in basketball. So you're not alone in that. Tips. I know basketball well, but you're not alone in that. And um, and you're—I mean, some people don't even know fantasy football real well. So it, it's just a process that we do, and uh, for everybody, it's it's kind of the way it plays out. So, um, but I really had a kick to where. And I'll tell you this about – before we get in the NFL, I'll tell you real quick about fantasy basketball. This is a quirk that I have. And it's not a tip. It's just my personal feeling. Um, and, and, and Matthew, Luke, and Peyton will agree with me on this. If you talk to them about it, they're going to 100% agree. We would not draft Kevin Durant in fantasy basketball after he left Oklahoma City. So, really? um, so what our friends would do, like Ty and my dad wouldn't either. So, because he left the Thunder unceremoniously with the Golden State, who they lost to in the playoffs by one game in the conference finals. It was a really tough – tough thing um he's a great player but what would happen is we would pass on kevin durant so what one of our friends would do and he's in our football league now too tom um i believe i didn't talk to tom about this but i'm pretty sure it's his strategy because i noticed it he knew we would not pick durant so he could wait on Durant. he could like get a top player or two and then get durant in the second or third round yeah. he knew we wasn't going to pick him so he could literally wait on one of the top two or three fantasy, at least fantasy players, not players in the league. He's a tremendous player. No uh -huh. argument there. Um, but we just could not – we just was so upset with Durant, we couldn't pick him in fantasy. So, Tom, you, you can wait on Durant um, in our league and and still get a good player and then get him in the second or third round. Yeah. So, and that's the way it played out. I hadn't talked to Tom, but I'm pretty sure he knew what we were doing. Um, I'm pretty sure he knew what we were doing on that. So he, he, he caught on pretty quick. So, again <laughs> – just know that. But now I will say, so that's before you and Scott and Melissa joined. So we, yeah. were, we were a six-team league then. Now we're a 10-team league. Peyton wasn't in it either. Um, so I don't know if you can do that now or not. Um, he might go quicker. You know, we won't pick him. I can guarantee you that. Um, I'm still not picking him. But yeah. there might be someone else that will. So he, he could still go pretty high, depending on, yeah. what, depending on what draft pick Scott or Melissa um, has or Tom, you may not, you may, you may not get him, but just know that, just know that most likely me and Matthew, Luke and Peyton will not pick Durant, except Matthew really wants, likes to win too. He might pick him. Um, Luke might pick him. Luke is, he, Luke's not rather win with Durant than lose with, without him. So, uh, but just know this, I'm not going to pick him. I can tell that right now. I'm not picking Durant. So if there are people out there listening, that's in our league. I'm sure they are at least a few of them. Just know, I don't care. I'm not picking him. So just, Feel free to pick him or feel free to wait because I won't be to me. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do some NFL picks. So, yes. Do we want to go while we picked last week or no? I honestly don't have it with you me. Don't have your. Okay, we'll move on to this week. No. <laughs> I, was like, I have no idea where it even is right now. I think I left it in Wichita. I can remember most of my picks, but I can't remember all of them because, like, yesterday, no. We and Matthew and Luke and Payne made our NFL picks like we always do before the game start. And I had forgot, but there were two picks I made that was different than what I picked on Yahoo. Because I do on a Yahoo app, too. I picked the Bears to beat the Vikings on my Yahoo app, but not in our picks. Yeah. So, yeah, that's – and I picked the Dolphins beat New England on the Yahoo app, but not in my picks. So, mm -hmm. it was a little bit – so, I, I probably couldn't remember all my picks, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea who I picked, honestly. 
I know I picked Kansas City, and I know Kansas City won. They did. They did. 32-29. I picked Kansas City both of my and everything. That was an intense game for a little bit. It was. Yep. Drew Brees come back yeah. last week. Um, looked a little rusty, especially in the first half. Yeah. An interception. I think it was like um, five for 16 at one point. Yeah. Um, played by the second half, but the Chiefs still hung on him one thirty-two twenty-nine. Um, I thought he did really good for coming back off yep. of – Especially with the, the amount of injury that he had. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was like a, a lung injury, a punctured lung, or – so it was it was a lot of injuries that he had. Yeah. Um, so he was back. He's back now. Um, there's a, the first game of the week is on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. It's the Vikings at the Saints. Vikings are the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team. They've won at Green Bay. Yeah. They have had some good wins. They've also had some really poor losses. Um, I don't see the Saints losing two in a row. Um, they're still fighting for the home for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, so I, I think the Saints win, but this is a game where the Vikings could sneak up on it because they've had some wins. They've had some good wins. Sometimes they look like a playoff team, sometimes they don't. They lost the Bears yesterday at home. But I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. I just think um, – I, I just don't think the Saints lose two in a row. Yeah, I would agree. I, I'm going to go with the Saints as well. And not just because uh, we don't think that – or I don't think that they're going to lose two in a row, but I – I think that the Saints are more sound and more reliable than the Vikings, for sure. And so I, I don't feel comfortable picking the Vikings right now. Yeah, they're sense? not reliable. They're not real reliable. Yeah, no. And especially with a team that has been consistent. You know, like, obviously, like, the Saints have lost a, couple, uh, have lost a few games. Don't get me wrong. But they're more of a consistent team. Like, you kind of – you know what you're kind of going to get from them. Yep. Yep. Saints are winning the Super Bowl. Okay, Cole. Sorry, that was my brother. Mark it down. Tell him, all right, well, hey, they, they could easily come out of the NFC for sure. I just think everyone's going to have a hard time with Kansas City with how loaded they are if they're healthy. But um, the Saints yeah. are kind of my pick to come out of the NFC for sure. Yeah. If Drew Brees is healthy. All right, next game, Tampa Bay at Detroit. That is actually the day after Christmas. Tampa Bay is another team that is a – you don't know how they're going to show up. They're down big at Atlanta at halftime yesterday. Tom Brady leads them back yesterday big in the second half. They somehow win. They're 9-5 and five now. The thing is, the Lions looked pretty poor again yesterday. Um, so, I, I think Tampa Bay gets it done on the road. I, I would agree with that, too. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I don't know. Like, Detroit's been super wishy-washy here recently, and they're just not playing to their ability. And – I don't know, and I understand that Tampa Bay, they're pretty hit or miss, but at the same time, I feel like they're also that last-minute team that kind of will come in and all of a sudden blow you out of the water. Yeah. You know, like they're – it's almost like they'll, they'll do horrible – it's almost like they're, they're trying to like uh, – you know, like what a pool shark is? Yeah. Like, okay, we're going to let you guys kind of start winning, and then we're going to like – come down on you later on i feel like that's kind of how tampa bay has been that's a good description good analogy yeah so yeah we both got tampa bay 49ers and the cardinals 49ers lost last week or yesterday to my cowboys 41 to 33 uh it was a good game wasn't even that close really but the 49ers completed a hell mary at the end of the game that made it closer but cowboys got four turnovers um from quarterback nick mullins who is in for jimmy g jimmy garoppolo um, the Cardinals were victorious yesterday in a battle of Oklahoma. You had Kyler Murray starting with the Cardinals. You had Jalen Hurts um, starting for the Eagles. It was a really good game. Both mm-hmm. quarterbacks played well. 
Kyle Murray threw for over 400 yards. Jalen Hurts threw for over 300 yards in a second career start. Uh, so the Cardinals are playing. They won two in a row. They seem to ride the ship a little bit. Uh, they know if they went out there in the playoffs, so I think it means a lot to the Cardinals. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals with the 49ers. I think I'm going to actually go with the 40, 49ers this time. I don't know. I just like the 49ers. I think that they're awesome. And they're a team that, that has played, even shorthand, they have played well at times. They beat the Rams. Yeah. Or, of course, the Jets also beat the Rams yesterday. The Jets them. beat the Rams. So yeah. we're not even going to talk about the Rams right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I think the Rams should go to the bottom of the power rankings just for that. Just for that. Literally, I would agree. I don't think I'm sorry. Anything. Oh, my goodness. That. It, we didn't have that game on. We had the um, Kansas City and um, Saints yeah. came on last night. But on the channel that we were on, they kind of like went back to the – they did like a – you know, and they saw the Jets and Rams playing. And one of the announcer guys, he was like, so then, yeah, the Jets will finally get their first win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mom just starts dying laughing, and she's like, that's so sad. Yeah, it is. It is. I was like, it's sad that the Rams lost to them. It is. And the Jets are kind of sad, too. The fans are, at least, because now they don't have the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. They won't get Trevor Lawrence as quarterback, and they need a quarterback. So, um, they're not – the fans, sometimes, they're not real happy either with them. But yeah. – I feel bad for the Jets, but I mean, I'm glad that they won. But <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so funny. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me right now!" Next so it looks up, like Jacksonville. I know it. I know it. Jacksonville now has number one pick. Jacksonville. So Jacksonville is celebrating the Jets win more than anybody <laughs> else. Yeah, more than anybody else. Yeah. All right. So the next game on December 26th, day after Christmas, is Miami and Oakland. Um. Hmm. Teams kind of seem to be going in opposite directions. Yeah. Um, what do you, What do you think on that? I honestly think I'm going to go with Miami, just because Miami has like has shown up. They're they've shown up the last few games. I think I don't remember fully, but they've all, at least they were towards the beginning of the year for sure. And I don't know. I just kind of like Miami. I think that they're a better sound team. Or a more sound team, not better sound. That was horrible grammar. A more sound team. But I don't really remember either. It's been a while since I've watched yeah. Miami. I'm going to go Miami too. Um, because Miami is, they, again, I think they're kind of trending in different directions. Mm -hmm. And the Raiders really had a good run about middle of the season. They beat Kansas City once and then nearly beat them again. And they look like they're bound for the playoffs. And they've struggled lately. They even lost to the Chargers. Yeah, night football. So, and the Chargers, as good as Justin Herbert is, the Chargers seem to always find a way to lose the game. Um, the Chargers won the game late, and Miami last yesterday beat New England. And New England's not a great team this year, but Bill Belichick always gives rookie quarterbacks a really hard time. Yeah, uh, including Justin Herbert. But New England beat the Chargers forty-five nothing a few weeks ago. So that's a really good win from either defense is solid, yeah. and the defense one of the best in the league, honestly. So. Uh, Miami, I think I think Miami wins that over Oakland. That's just two teams turning in different directions. Sorry if you keep hearing my dog. <laughs> hey, he's here for Christmas. He is here for Christmas, and I and you've seen him a couple times now. Uh, he keeps 
coming up and licking my face constantly. Yeah, well, hey, he's, he's part of the festivities. He is a part of the festivities. He loves Christmas. He, he, he even has a Christmas sweater. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, I'll have to Got show it. you it. You'll have to show it to us. Yep, show it to me. Yep. I don't have it right now, but I'm going to have Travis bring it. Okay. <laughs> Thumbs down. <laughs> so okay. I'm going to show you. Don't worry. Yeah, I'd li I'd like to see it. I'm sure. I'm sure if it's if if you're involved there, I'm sure it's pretty festive and decorative and stuff like that. Your Thanksgiving outfit was awesome. So Thank sure you. That, yeah. At least someone liked it. Jeez. Yeah, I thought it was incredible. I mean, I, it, just, it absolutely just sprayed Thanksgiving. I know, right? You just see it all over it. Yeah, it really was. See, I can be festive for Thanksgiving too. Yep. 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 I agree. <laughs> I totally. Agree. All right, the Sunday games next week: Falcons and Chiefs, Kansas City. I there's no, I don't think there's any way Kansas City loses this. Yeah. Um, the Falcons four and ten. They they had a big lead at ten over Tampa Bay last week. They blew that. Um, now they face they play at Kansas City. Um, so I, I got to go with the Chiefs. Chiefs are rolling right okay. now, and and they're winning blowouts. They're winning close games whenever which way you can. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's anybody that get tripped up by Atlanta on Sunday. I don't think so either. I mean, I think that it would have to be like almost like a miracle type of game in order to mess up or like the Chiefs have to like seriously not show up in order to kind of mess this up I think it'll be not necessarily a blowout but I don't I don't I don't foresee them losing yeah I don't either Kansas City wins this um next game is Browns and Jets I'll tell you what if if the Jets win this game their fans are gonna be in an uproar because they're tied yeah. to Jacksonville you know Jacksonville has a tiebreaker number one pick in the draft but if they were to lose, if Jackson were to, to win one more game, then mm -hmm. the Jets would go back in the first spot. If the Jets lose this game, they're pretty much out of the running for the first pick. Yeah. I guarantee a lot of Jets fans will be rooting for Cleveland to win this. Um, Cleveland is on a roll right now. They had an absolutely outstanding game on Monday Night Football last week against Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield had a shootout for the ages. Uh, final score is 47-42. Baltimore won. Both quarterbacks play at such a high level. Yeah. And um, – Cleveland won last last night at the Giants, twenty to six. Another good game for Baker Mayfield. So, Browns are on the verge of clinching a playoff spot. They're ten and four. I don't think there's any way they let the Jets get their second win. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it to the Browns as well. I I don't know. I I don't know. The Jets are just kind of a surprise right now. But I would agree, especially since like they're in the ranking for the uh, first draft pick, I feel like the Jets should just almost, like, roll over in a way, <laughs> in, yeah. a, in a sense. Yeah. Like, I feel bad for saying that, but it's true. I think they should just kind of stop and roll over right now. But, I mean, hey, props to them. They got their first win. Yeah, yeah. That's not all I can say for the Jets right now is just – Hey, congrats, but maybe kind of, kind of roll over a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right, Colts and Steelers, that's a really, really good game. Um, Colts are playing really, really well right now. They're 10-4. and four. Pittsburgh's 11-2. and two. They've actually lost two straight and didn't look good doing it to Washington and at Buffalo. And they're playing um, tonight at Cincinnati. So – and again, everyone's gonna be viewing this on Christmas, hearing this on Christmas morning. So you're gonna know who wins this game by the time we, um, by the time we hear it, you're gonna know who wins this game. But um, we're taking this on Monday, and Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, or uh, is tonight. So Pittsburgh should bounce back. 
Ryan Finley start, so they should be 12 and 2 going this game. Um, but I, I'll tell you, I just like the way the Colts are playing right now. But I just don't think the Steelers will lose three out of four. If they do, then I, I think there are a lot of issues that, 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 is, that is going on that Pittsburgh may not be the contender we thought they were. Um, so I'm going to give Pittsburgh the edge here over the Colts. But I, I think this is one of those games that's a toss-up. We're going to find out a lot about the Steelers uh, next week. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to go with the Colts because, I mean, they played really, really, really well against Houston. And, well, Houston actually – like, they – I thought Houston was going to win it, not going to lie. I think a lot of people did for, for a sec. <laughs> Poor Houston. There's always next year, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, hey, they tried to hang in there. And I, I would agree. I think that the Colts are definitely playing really, really well right now. And their defense is up is really good. And I just feel like they're going to they're gonna come out strong against Pittsburgh. And I feel like they know – and Pittsburgh, they're almost like they have, like, a target on their back. Like, everybody wants to beat Pittsburgh right now while they're down. And a lady – okay, now my other dog is – <laughs> wanting to get in the picture. I want to be left out. No. Yeah, she doesn't want to be left out. Hi. Okay. Thank you. But anyways, so I I think that Pittsburgh will show up against Cincinnati tomorrow. I really do. Because, I don't know. I, I, yeah, Pittsburgh, I, think, I think they win the night at Cincinnati, and I, I think they will have beat Cincinnati. Um, but going into the Colts, I just – I almost picked the Colts. Um, and you're, you might be talking me into it because I'm not real confident Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. I, I'm just not – I'm not sure the students will top three <laughs> out of four. But if they do, then I think – I think you got it. I'm not saying write them off, but I think there's definitely some issues in Pittsburgh that maybe they weren't – because we were – I was looking at – I was looking at Pittsburgh, just, you know, just until two or three weeks ago as a top threat to Kansas City. And mm-hmm. now I don't look at them like that. Yeah. I, I think – I actually think the Colts would be a bigger threat to Kansas City with how they run the football and, and how they play defense. And – and I think, I think Pittsburgh finds a way at home to bounce back, but that's going to be a really, really good game. Yeah, I would agree. So next we have Panthers in Washington. This is where my bias as a Cowboys fan comes in a little bit here, only because the Cowboys really need Carolina to win at Washington. Washington lost to Seattle yesterday. Dallas won. There's the game out of the division lead. But the quirk mm-hmm. is with two games to play, the Cowboys can't finish tied with Washington or the or Washington win the division because yeah. they had to head matchups. So the Cowboys really need Carolina and Eagles to win over Washington the next two weeks. And the Cowboys need to win their last two games to win the division. Um, Carolina's played a lot of t- close games. They all, they gave Green Bay all they wanted on the road um, Saturday night. Christian McCaffrey, if he's back, Carolina's a far different team. They come within a two points of upset Kansas City. <laughs> Mm-hmm. earlier in the year. Carolina's only lost like one game by more than eight points. I don't know Alex Smith's status right now. Dwayne Haskins did not play well for three quarters yesterday for Washington. He played a little better in the fourth quarter. Um, but if Dwayne Haskins has to start and, and Christian McCaffrey's back, I think Carolina has a real shot to win this game. Uh, I think Carolina's a little better team with Christian McCaffrey. So I'm going to say that happens. I'm going to pick Carolina. Some of that's wishful fake. If McCaffrey doesn't play, um, and Alex Smith starts, I think Washington probably wins. But um, if, if Chris McCaffrey is back and Alex Smith is not ready to start, and Dwayne Haskins starts, I think Carolina can, can very likely win this game. So I'm going to go with Carolina. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Carolina as well. I don't know. I just – I'm not liking Washington right now. And they're missing quite a few good players. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. the quarterback, Alex Smith. I just don't know if he's going to be back. Um, they didn't look real good offensively against a pretty pretty below-average Seattle defense. Yeah. And, um, and Carolina, if they have McCaffrey back, they're a different team. They very nearly won in the Kansas City one, as I said earlier. Uh, so I think it's the game Carolina can win. They've been close in a lot of games under head, first-year head coach Matt Rule. I think Carolina gets this win. Mm-hmm. So next we have the Bears at Jacksonville. Bears are actually playing really, really well right now with Mitch Trubisky, as shocking as that might be. They won yeah. at Minnesota um, last week. They had another big win the week before. So I Bears have won two in a row after losing six in a row. Mm-hmm. Bears got to keep their playoff hopes alive. So the Bears, I don't think Jacksonville, I don't think Jacksonville really wants to win this game, to be honest with you. Not that the Jets have given them an early Christmas gift. Uh, by beating the Rams. So I'm going to go with the Bears here pretty easily. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears as well. And so, yeah, I think Jacksonville, I would agree. Uh, they they really did just get a gift. And I don't think that they're going to give that up too, too easily. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah. But so we got knows? Giants at Baltimore next. Um, Baltimore. Giants lost again last night to Cleveland 26. Baltimore is really finding their stride. Mm-hmm. Um, this might surprise you, but we, as the Cowboys may actually need the Giants to win this game because if Washington even would win one game, another scenario to get in the playoffs would be a three-way tie Yeah. because the Cowboys would have beat the Giants twice. Um, so it really wouldn't be the worst thing for the Cowboys if the Giants were to upset Baltimore, but unfortunately I don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, Baltimore is just playing so hard. Now they want to shoot out at Cleveland Monday night. Lamar Jackson's finding his stride later in the season. Um, a little bit of what he had last year when he was a unanimous MVP. So I got to go Baltimore on this one. I, I can't go with the Giants. Even though it may help the Cowboys, I got to go with Baltimore. Yeah, same. I, I don't know. Just Giants aren't really showing up that well, and their defense is not doing too well. They didn't do well at all this week. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to go with Baltimore. I don't foresee them. It has to be a huge upset, but. I agree. I agree. Next one would have to be a huge upset, too. It's when the Bengals, the Texans, your Houston Texans. I know you're down there right now. <laughs> um, Ryan Finley starting tonight for Pittsburgh. I assume he'll start next week as well. Um, Houston fought really hard again. Houston's not quit playing. I'll say that. They've not quit playing. Deshaun Watson's having about as good of a year as you can have with as limited as his weapons are around him. Not just trading the Andre Hopkins. That was the big one. But – and Randall Cobb has been hurt. Um, I believe Brandon Cooks has been hurt. Um, obviously, Will Fuller is out with the suspension we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, so, he don't have a lot of weapons. And he's playing really hard, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't – I think Deshaun Watson's enough to beat Cincinnati. I don't – I do, too. I think that's plenty. I, I think that the Texans will come out with the win. I really do. I mean, I think it'll be close, but like you said, they definitely have not given up by any means. They really haven't. They've been playing hard every single game, every single step of the way, and I don't think that they're going to let up any more. And I think that that should be enough, hopefully. Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson's enough to win this game. Yeah. All right, next one is the Broncos at the Chargers. 
two five and nine teams, two teams that seem to find ways to lose. Yeah. Uh, so with that in mind, when, when, when teams are so evenly matched like that, I typically go with the team with the better quarterback, and that's Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, so I'm going to go with Justin Herbert over Denver. Yeah. I honestly am going to do the same thing, but we also have Justin Herbert in both of our leagues. So Yeah, that's that's that, we've actually had an eye on Herbert all year long. Yeah. Um, and he's I, doing really well right now, too. Like, I mean, he's been doing well this whole entire season, but he's – He's doing pretty well right now. And I, I mentioned earlier how much he come through to beat Utah last year in the, in the Pac-12 championship game. So I've kind of read for Herbert ever since then. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, this year he's been a good fantasy quarterback um, for both of us. And and I just go with five, two five and nine teams, two teams that seem to just find ways to lose out of out of, out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah. Chargers had two or three losses at the very last play. Um, but I just go with the better quarterback, and that's Justin Herbert, I think, over Drew Locke. And, Vlog's had his moments too. He's looked pretty well, but I got to go with Herbert in that, and we, we both have the Chargers in that. All right, Eagles and the Cowboys is next. Both teams still alive in the playoff race. Eagles are Cowboys are now ahead of the Eagles. Eagles have been struggling. Jalen Hurts has getting in some life though. Um, coming in for Carson the last two weeks, he played well yesterday. I mean, played well in a game against the Saints and a win over the Saints last week, week before last. Um, so that. The Eagles are playing better. Cowboys are playing much better, too. Yeah. Um, they're also on a two-game winning streak. They There's the game out of division league. They're playing for a lot. Um, I could see – I think it's going to be a 50-50 split with a lot of people on this game because it is a rivalry for one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the Cowboys at home are playing much better than they did. With Andy Dalton's playing well at quarterback now. The defense created four turnovers yesterday. Um, so, I think the Cowboys find a way to get it done. Um me and Matthew's calling this the Cowboys final stand part nine because that's kind of been the way it is all year. We'll say it's the final stand, final stand. Well, they're still alive. So again, final stand part nine. I think they find a way to stay in there. Maybe it just drags out the inevitable, but I think they find a way to stay in the race. Yeah. And I would agree with you that they play so much better at home. They really and truly do. I don't know what it is, but they, they seem to click more when they are at home and this is going to be an equally matched matchup, so I'm going to go with the Cowboys just because home advantage. Yeah, yeah. Cowboys are at home. I think they stay alive in the race at least one more week. Um, they'll take it to the final week of the season, I guess. That's only fitting in the NFC. It should go down to the final week. We get in or not, it should go down to the final week. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it'll be fun. And we're going to be at my in-law's house for that game next week for Christmas. Uh, oh, man. So, my brother-in-law is a huge Eagles fan. He usually wears – was there last week, last year with the Cowboys-Eagles game too. And he typically wears an Eagles jersey during the game, so i got to get my Cowboys jerseys on. Me and Matthew will be ready with our Cowboys jerseys. Oh, yeah, I bet. We'll have them ready. Don't <laughs> worry. I'll let you know how it goes. We'll have them ready. So, Rams and Seahawks, big game in the NFC West. I'm, I'm going Seahawks. I, I don't care. Rams, I would have picked – just know this. I would have picked the Rams last week over the Seahawks because the Rams were actually playing really well, and Seattle had been struggling a little bit. You lose to the Jets, and you go on the road to Seattle in a, in a pivotal game that you need to win the, the yeah. NFC West. I'm not trusting. I'm sorry. You cannot lose that game to the Jets yesterday. So, I got to go Seahawks. Honestly, me too. Like, I, I kind of lost a little bit of respect for the Rams just because of the Jets' lots, um, just because they lost to the Jets. But, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not trying to take that away from the Jets. I'm really not. It's They're not horrible. Off the, I mean, I feel like the Rams – Definitely should have had it, and I don't think that they're ready to play the Seahawks now. Yeah, I can't go. I would have. 
a week ago, I would have picked the Rams in this game. I, I've, I've said, look out with the Rams all year. They won at Tampa Bay. They won in Arizona. They've had some big wins. And maybe they bounce back, but I'm not trusting them this week. I'm not after last week. they got to prove it to me again at least one more time before I do it again. So they're going to be in the playoffs, but um, I don't, I'm not trusting them to, to, to do much once they're there after that. We'll have to, have to show yeah. me again. I think that the Rams are just kind of like a toss-up right now. I think they're kind of like a 50-50 shot. You don't know what's going to happen. Yep, yep. And I, and I felt – I didn't feel that way till last week. But you lose the Jets at home. Yeah. The NFC West, maybe the toughest division in football. There's no way you can do that. They got to show me again. A game like this, they got to show me. They can get back this, on. That game just showed – like literally represented 2020. Yeah, yeah. It was if, – if you had to choose a game to – like a football game to represent – the year 2020, it was the Jets and the Rams. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> oh, man. That was – Another really good game next Sunday night. And this – you know, I I was talking, and we'll probably do it next week, but if mm-hmm. we had done our podcast game of the week this week, I, I, I was going to say that the Colts and Steelers probably have been a really good choice. But now I've come across two games that might have been a better choice, Rams and Seahawks, and now this one, Tennessee at Green Bay. Tennessee mm-hmm. is rolling right now 10-4. and four. They're 5-1 and one on the road. Mm-hmm. And Green Bay is 11 if they're trying to protect home field advantage in the NFC. So this is going to be a – both teams run the football. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. He's having a great year throwing the football. But Aaron Jones is a big catalyst of that. He was the, the driving force behind their way over Carolina, actually. I think Aaron Rodgers only passed for a little over 100 yards Saturday night. But Aaron Jones ran the ball. We know what Derrick Henry does running the football. Best oh. running back in football. So, he was the best running back pick of ever. Yeah, it is. Thank him for that. It is. There's no question about that. He's Green Bay is only a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and three points you allow for home field. So, basically, they're looking at this game as a pick em. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, it means I, I am really torn. This is the first game, really, I've been torn on. I kind of yeah. knew where I was going. Now, I know other games can go either way. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to pick every game right. But this is the game I really had to think about. Like, the other games I kind of knew going and who I was going to pick. This game, I – I can see Aaron Rodgers and, and Aaron Jones making enough plays at home to stay in first in the NFC and maintain home field advantage. But then Tennessee, the way they run the ball and control the clock, and Ryan Tannehill play action, they are rolling with A.J. Brown receiving. I, yeah. I think I'm going to go with Tennessee. Who are you going to go with? I, they're going to run the football. That's why I'm going with Tennessee. But you can easily pick Green Bay. It's, that's I honestly to think I am going to pick Green Bay. Just because I think that Aaron Rodgers has outstanding quarterback ability. Not saying that he does, yeah. doesn't, but something about Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Like he always ends up finding a way somehow, some way. He might be my MVP pick, to be honest with you. Eleven and three. You know he doesn't. I know it's down to kind of him and Patrick Mahomes with uh, with kind of Josh Allen, Buffalo quarterback, kind of on the fringe, maybe in that three spot. Who's been phenomenal this year as well. Yeah. Um. But I. Aaron Rodgers, I think – look, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, if you're starting a, a franchise, you're taking Mahomes. But I think Aaron Rod- – if you take Aaron Rodgers off Green Bay and you take Mahomes off of Kansas City, I think Kansas City survives more than what Green Bay would, to be honest. That's true. Aaron Rodgers is a little bit more valuable to his team with the weapon. He, he, Devontae Adams is a great receiver. Aaron Jones is a good runner back, but he doesn't have the trio like you have with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey – um, Sammy Watkins is like their number three. So he was like a number one receiver before he got to Kansas City. So, you know, and Andy Reid's got a great coaching system. So I actually might pick – I hear you. I might pick Aaron Rodgers my MVP. I'm just picking Tennessee in this game because 
they're going to run the football. Green Bay's defense has been a little hit and miss. And I think Tennessee controls the clock and wins a game, a 27-24 type game. Yeah. what I would say. But I think it's going to be that way either way. I, I say it was 50-50 for me. Um, I'm torn on it. But I think it's going to be that type of game. It's going to be close. Um, I'm going with Tennessee, but I can probably see why you're picking Green Bay. I think it's going to be – I think it's one of those games that's a pick them. Yeah, I just – I don't know. Green Bay has been showing up, but yeah, you are correct. Like their defense has been kind of hit or miss and the, and Tennessee responds pretty well to that when defenses have been hit or miss just because they have phenomenal runner runners and just constantly keep running the ball. But at the same time, Green Bay's offense, like I agree with you in the sense that if you take away Aaron Rodgers from the Packers, from the Packers, it would be really hard for them to, you know, function. I, well, think, I think they function. I, I think they maybe are a fringe playoff contender. Uh, but I think Kansas City would actually stay afloat above because remember when before the Chiefs got Mahomes, Alex Smith was a quarterback who is a really mm-hmm. good game manager quarterback. He threw for over 4,600 yards and that Chiefs went to the playoffs nearly every year. So um, I think I think Mahomes is the best part of the league. I think Mahomes makes them a phenomenal dynasty possibility. But I think this year, if you take Aaron Rodgers off the Packers, they suffer a little bit more and what Kansas City was. Well, I think that Aaron Rodgers, he just knows how to utilize his tools. You know, not like how any other Green Bay quarterback probably knows how. So I think that that's another reason why they would struggle so much is because it's not necessarily that, like, the tools that he uses can't hold their own. It's just that he ha- he knows how to use them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he, yep. knows, he knows, okay, I know I can – I'm going to throw over here and this guy's going to catch it. You know, like he knows, like he, not that, I mean, you should know that every time, but you know, like he knows, okay, if I'm in a jam, I'm going to this guy, you know, or if I'm doing this, I'm going to go to this guy. Like he, he knows how to utilize it, but he also knows how to switch it around too, which I think can probably throw off a little bit with Tennessee. And I think that it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I do too. It's going to be a good football game. I think that might have been our game of the week if we did it this week. I think that might have been. What do you think? I think that's Colts, that Steelers, Colts, Steelers, Rams, Seahawks, or Titans, Packers. I think the way we analyze that game, I think it would been Titans, Packers. I think Titans, Packers, not going to lie. Sunday night football, NBC, going to be fun. That will be fun. Fun to watch. <laughs> two firm playoff teams and two Super Bowl threats, for sure. For sure. All right, Bills and the Patriots is Monday night football. You never know when Bill Belichick's going to throw a curveball and make things rough mm-hmm. on a quarterback. He's done it. We mentioned that to Herbert just a few weeks ago, but they lost on the road to Miami last week because like yesterday because of Miami's defense. Um, Buffalo is clicking on all cylinders right now. Josh Allen, again, I mentioned is a, is a fringe MVP pick. He may finish third behind whoever went out, Mahomes and Rogers. Those are going to be the top two. Um, so he may finish third. He's that good. He's been that good. But I think Buffalo wins this game. They're, they've already clinched the AFC East. Yeah. But I think they're still going to be playing for playoff positioning for seeding purposes. So Buffalo, the way they're playing right now, the way Josh Allen's playing, running the football, throwing the football. Stephon Diggs is a beast at receiver. I think he's one of the most underrated receivers in the game. Uh, I think Buffalo wins this on, wins this one tonight. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I, New England, I just don't really have any faith with New England anymore. Like, they just kind of have gone downhill a little bit. And they've definitely, like, shown that they're, they've gone downhill. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Buffalo for sure. Yeah, Buffalo wins this game, I think, for sure. Um, 
So NFL, two weeks left this week and next week. Playoffs are coming at you. We'll be, we'll be back next week to kind of see how this week wrapped up and um, set you up for the final week of the season. A lot of things can change between now and then. It's going to be fun to keep up with everything this week. Again, college football bowl season starts today as well. Appalachian State and um, North Texas in the Myrtle Beach Bowl at 1.30. So if you're, you're listening to this on Christmas Day, that game will have already played, but we're excited for the bowl season to start. So there's going to be some good bowls played between now and then as well. So we mentioned the playoffs coming up, New Year's Six games. Exciting time for football as, as things kind of wind down for us. All right, switching gears, Morgan, do you have any randomness you want to talk about? I'm sure you do, but. So my randomness, it's all Christmas randomness. I figured that. I'm ready for it. It's a lot of fun. So, lady, she keeps hitting me with her tail. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, I have a black lab, and her tail is vicious. Does she want us to book her as a guest? Is that what she's wanting? I think so. Let's book her sometime. Let's get her booked. Who's her agent? Are you her agent? Uh, No, I would just have it. Okay. Well, he can book her. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to talk to him, you know. <laughs> Time to get with you and, and get a date set. Oh, man, that would be fun. Okay. Yeah. Will do. But so my Christmas randomness is how do you decorate your gingerbread house? You know, we have made – we don't – it's not something we do every year. It's a good question, though. Um, uh, let's see. We may, We help – you know, the, the kids make a gingerbread house sometimes for school. And the way I like it, I'm not real picky on that stuff, but I like, um, obviously you have the gingerbread house, the, 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 the foundation of it. You have that, you have to have that. Um, so I am, it has to be, it has to be that. It has to be built a certain way. Um, then you have, you have the roof. You have a, I like, it has to have a door to be open. And I think you have to have a little knob and a door open. Yeah. And I, the icing that I like on it, and you can do, um, you can do it a couple different ways. You can have the icing on the door. You can have the icing on the roof or both. I prefer both. But um, I really like red and white icing on it. I like the icing to favor red and white. There you go. I do. I, I do. It's fun. It's yeah. fun. And I don't, we don't, you, I don't know that we've actually had a gingerbread be in the house. I know some people does. Um, or you can kind of see it or something or have a gingerbread right outside the door. I don't have to have that. But it has to look like a gingerbread house. It has to, you know, it has to have all the foundation of a regular house um, because you, you got to sell it. I mean, it's not yeah. fair to, if you do have a gingerbread, it's not fair to the gingerbread to not have, you know, a regular home, to, you know, to go into. Um, so it, 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 it's good. I, I like red and white icing. So um, yeah. you're making then, a gingerbread house. That's how it has to look. And then how do you stick your gingerbread house together? That is a major major question for a lot of people well my wife would be better to talk with on that she would be the one (laughs) together um i can help with it but she'd probably be better better at that because her and Peyton was baking when i left this morning um to come in they were making all kinds of cookies and stuff so i saw the sugar cookie dough and it was oh my gosh um so yeah she'd be better off answering that probably than me but um (laughs) i know how way it has to look and i kind of know what i like in it and what kind of flavor I like on it. So it, it's good though. I like it. There you go. <laughs> how about you? How do you like to do it? Well, how I like to do my gingerbread house, first of all, to me personally, I think you got to use honey to stick your gingerbread house together. Yeah. 
But then again, I like honey. So for me, that's kind of why I've tried with icing. Obviously, epic fail every time. It doesn't like to stick. But I prefer icing on the roof and a little bit of icing on the door. Like I like to make yep. a little door window, you know, and then have a little like bead, like a candy bead, you know, yep. and yep. like have like the icing and then you like, dude, that's your doorknob. But I definitely always love seeing people put icing on the roof of a gingerbread house because one, I'm a huge sucker for like the icicles. You know, like the ice, the icing icicles, and then like those swirls, like they're just so cool. And it's fascinating to see how people do that. To me personally, I prefer having a gingerbread man or woman on the outside of the house. I don't like it on the inside. No. And then you have to have gumdrop lights. You have to. If you don't have gumdrop lights on your. Uh, yeah, I think ours did too. I forgot about that. I think ours did too. Yeah. one year i think you're right i think that is right i think that does ring a bell yeah i feel like if you don't have the gumdrop lights you're just not doing your gingerbread house right i feel like you just got to have like a pop of color you know like just like multiple colors you can't just have like a white iced gingerbread house because a lot of people do that they just have like a white you know just the white icing and i'm like no i'm not a huge fan of that yeah, I, uh, you got me curious though. I'll have to ask Michelle when I get home how we did that. How we <laughs> I'll have to report it, back to you. It is surprisingly a big question that a lot of people don't know the answer to because That's so good, many people yeah. struggle with that. And hey, we've sung a gingerbread song since we were kids. I mean, we love gingerbread. I love the gingerbread little little Debbie, you know, cookies as well. Yeah, I love getting those. So yeah, I'm I'm partial to, to gingerbread. It's amazing, yeah. but yeah, so. Those are like some of the Christmas randomness. And then also, did you know that, like, how do you think Santa does this all within one night? Like, oh, what is your, what's your theory on this? That's a good question. And I think what he has to do is he has, he's in the sleigh. And I think he has all the gifts organized a certain way. He has a GPS that works kind of like, you know, how we have a GPS that tells us, you know, where to go and what when to turn and stuff. I think he has a GPS that connects to the gifts and he drops them down and they go to each house. I think there's a GPS connection. Like you put in every boy and girl, that was nice. That was on the nice list. And then that the gifts are GPS, um, you know, automatically to go to where they need to go. I think it, the, the GPS just directs it to go. So I think he drops the house, he goes to each country, drops the gifts, and their GPS program to go down to the right house. I like that. Something like that. I think he has to do that. So I have two theories how okay. he does this. One, the first one, I think he has a prep and landing team. Hardcore believe this, mainly because also of the Disney short that, or the Disney cartoon episode. Prep and landing, uh, prep yep. and landing. I actually do think that that is probably a factor that he has. I think he probably does have like elves that come in and are specifically there to prep for Santa to come in, you know, cause that, that's hard. Yeah, that's good. That If I remember right, that's the, that's the group that actually, it, it, the name isn't the, the title that explains it. That's the one, the elves that actually get the gifts ready to be delivered and then land, you know, be, be dropped down to the kids' house. Yeah, they're like, uh, they, they're in there and like, they're in the house to like, in the child's home and they like prep the site for Santa yep. to yep. land. 
and so that he has everything ready to go when he gets there like even like the christmas tree is kind of cut to form in the shape of the box of whatever toy they got or whatever you know they check to make sure that the milk and cookies are the right thing like whole nine yards it's actually really kind of cute and it's kind of funny but i think that that's actually a legit way that they do that i think that he has like so a lot of help from his elves for sure and then my second theory because you got to go old-fashioned too like in the beginning how on earth did he do this because we didn't we still i'm pretty positive santa i get it he's magical he can do a whole lot of stuff but he probably wasn't as technologically advanced as we're thinking he is today you know so i think that he's pretty old school and i actually just watched the uh movie that came out last year on netflix it's called the christmas chronicle yeah so santa Okay, I don't think that Santa looks like Kurt Russell. I'm sorry. I really don't think he's going to look like Kurt Russell. But, I mean, I think that this was a very cute movie. And I think that it explains kind of a lot. Like, Santa has a magic bag that is just infinite. And it's almost like a... Oh, snap. Okay. So, it's almost like a portal from uh, everywhere in the world to the North Pole. So he keeps all of his elves in there. As they're going, like the elves have been making the toys, you know, and they're super good at it, super fast at it, but he always carries his elves with him. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, obviously we're coming back to the whole idea with elves again. So, now, he also, how he's so, why he's so fast is because obviously he is magical, but he has a magical hat. That makes him just go lightning speed, right? Like, he's just super, super fast. Like, he's in and out, in and out. So then you're bringing back the whole idea of magic in in the whole Christmas idea, in which I think fully was the main creation of Santa Claus, outside of, obviously, the gifts and everything. But um, I think that, like, the magic that he brings is super, super important, and I think that that has a major factor. So what I think... Is a combination of two th- of two these two things. I think one Santa he legit has a magic hat and a magic bag, and he has a time capsule portal thing on his GPS or like a like a certain thing on his sleigh. It's where he pushes a button and it'll take him anywhere in the world, and he magically goes to anywhere in the world. I firmly believe that that's actually true because we're bringing in magic. But I also think. He definitely has elves helping him with prep and landing. So I think think the elves, they come out, like he's got elves in his sleigh and in the bag, obviously, because they're still in the North Pole and they're still helping him get through all of this stuff, right? But I think that there's also a minor group of elves that go to every single house before Santa comes and just preps the whole place to make sure everything goes smoothly so that whenever he magically pops in and out, it's nice and easy and they don't have any problems, which I know Santa shouldn't have problems anyways, but you you know, you have those kids that try to stay up really late and try to videotape Santa Claus and stuff like that. You know, you have those kids and you have you, you have those types of kids. And then you also have dogs that are a huge factor too. Like you would have never thought that, but yeah dogs and cats and all kinds of pets they're a huge factor me and my cousins used to watch 
on Christmas, we'd always get together with my aunt and uncle and grandparent and my cousins, um, Ashley and Tara, and my niece Tasha later, we would always go out and watch for Santa Claus. And um, we thought at least once or twice, we're pretty sure we spotted him. I mean, we seen something coming in the air. It was the star, you have to see the star, it was dark. And you see a little object flying. I, I'm pretty sure it was. And, and I'm not, no one's gonna convince me otherwise. That, that's my story and we're sticking to it. And Ashley and Tara tell you the same thing. Um, they, that's, we were pretty sure we saw Santa Claus at least once or twice. We watched every year, but I'm pretty sure at least once or twice we found him. See? Yep. He's lightning speed. He's magical, yep. but at the same time, he's got a lot of help from his elves. Yep. Elves are playing. They play a part. I said the GPS on the presence. I, I do. I think that's my theory, but I think your theory is very good too. But there's no doubt, however it is, the elves are a big part of it. No doubt. Oh, yes. Elves are a huge part in everything right now for Santa, I think. So. Yep. yep. Well, you got to give it up to the elves. We got a round of applause to the elves. I think they bring the true Christmas spirit. Yeah. And, and for the <laughs> they do at least all the hard handiwork yeah. of Christmas time. And, and it's kind of funny too for the kid that's worried that Santa Claus might not be able to come because of COVID. Yeah. Um, I seen this morning that Dr. Anthony Fauci said that Santa's fine. He vaccinated him himself at the North Pole. And so the uh -huh. kid doesn't worry Santa's coming. He can make it down the chimney and he's good to go. So Santa is Santa's good to go this year. Well, great. In all honesty, I didn't even think of that. You know, I just thought he was, he's all magical and immune. So I didn't think about that, you yeah. know, but you know what? I'm, I'm glad that now yeah. all the boys and girls are no longer worried about it. You know, I don't have to worry about it. He's, he's, he's good to go. Um, so, and, and it's Christmas morning as, as people listen to us. So yeah. let us know what you think. How did Santa get to your house this year? Yes. Um, you, yeah. I don't know if you opened up your presents or not, but, um, how does Santa get to your house? Obviously, he got there, hopefully, if, if, you know, if you were good. So, um, and there might be a little flexibility this year for Santa with everything going on. You know, some things might be ignored that might, otherwise might be on the naughty list. Maybe he ignores a little bit. So maybe more kids, even the normal got gifts. But let us know. Hashtag talking with friends. Let us know how, um, how Santa got to your house. You think it's uh, the elves prepping landing? You think the GPS has operated pr the presence? To, to deliver to the right, to drop to the right houses? Or or how do you think? What's your theory? <laughs> maybe both are true. Maybe uh, maybe you have a different theory. Let us know what it is. Hashtag talk with friends and let us know how Santa got to your house this morning on Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. And then I have a little bit of a devotion-ish type of thing. Okay. It's, it's not very extensive or anything but and it's it, and once again it's kind of related a little bit how I did it last week it's more of words of encouragement but I also want to I want to talk to you guys about the star of Bethlehem that we are actually supposed to see on December 23rd so for everybody listening I know it's past December 23rd but if you see a huge bright light in the sky that's the star of Bethlehem which obviously has a huge factor and it is a huge part um, of Christmas and the Christmas story with Jesus and how the wise men and the shepherds and everybody uh, and the kings came to see Jesus and came to Bethlehem. So it's absolutely amazing to me that, and this happens everyone, like this is a very rare occurrence. It's like something that happens 
I don't remember how many years, but it's like not very often and especially not around the Christmas time that this has happened. I want to say this is the first time that it's happened around the Christmas time in a while or in a, or in a, or in a, or in a really, or in a really long time. But anyways, so if you're out on, if you were out on the 23rd, just know that that is the star of Bethlehem and that's the star in which everyone followed to go and see our Christ, um, to go see Jesus Christ, our savior. And it plays a huge, huge part. And I am so, so thrilled to see it because obviously I probably, I don't think I've ever seen it. Or if I did, I didn't know what it was because I was younger, you know? So it'll be interesting to see it and to know that it's so close to Christmas time that it just, it warms my heart so much. And it almost makes this 2020 Christmas a little bit more special. And so I want everyone to know that that is what happened and that Jesus is here for us and that he, he, he is here. He is with us and he's with each and every single one of you guys. And he, and knowing that we are able to see the star that led so many people to him is absolutely amazing to me. And it's just something I love to share with people right now because it's just, it's just an outstanding thing. It's an outstanding story. And for, ever, for everybody who does not know the story of Jesus Christ, you need to know it because it is a phenomenal story it really and truly is and not just because of jesus christ himself it's just a phenomenal story in general i think and i don't know it's just like it almost it's almost like a it's a good sign and it's a warm sign to me i think personally i feel like this is a warm sign and if you're lucky enough to see it please go out and see it um or if you were lucky enough to see it awesome that's what you saw and now you can feel closer to him and to uh you can just feel closer you feel closer to jesus because it's like as if this is a sign from the angels in which the angels had given to so many people and just so many wise men and so so like all of the three kings the wise men the shepherds you are following in that footstep so it's almost in a way like we're reliving the story mm-hmm. to me awesome? it's so isn't super that awesome cool. that we're getting this right before christmas isn't that cool i think it's absolutely amazing and i just think that it's such a huge blessing that a lot of people are going to take for granted but for those of you that know it and know the story please please don't take that for granted and i know that you guys are going to be listening to us a little uh, later and afterwards but if you did see it think of it now as such a grateful sign and as a blessing because it truly truly is y'all it is such such a blessing for so many people and in so many lives because it's it's something that one you don't get to see very often if ever really again i don't i don't remember how often it happens but um so please don't take it for granted whenever you see it. Think of it as something so extremely amazing. But if you're listening to us now on Christmas morning or just Christmas day in general, just know that that's what you saw and you are truly blessed. You really are. You are truly blessed with 
this sign that the angels have given you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you happen to take pictures of it, um, let us know that as well. Um, hashtag talk. Mm -hmm. Let us let us see the pictures you take of it. I'm going to try to take a picture of it myself. I don't know about you, Morgan. It's, it may, if I get a view of it at all, I'd love to take a picture of it. It'd be awesome to, to have. It's something to keep forever, I think. Yeah. Honestly, me and Travis have been talking about this for probably weeks. And then my mom was talking about it not too long ago. So we're going out to my grandma's house who literally lives out in the middle of nowhere. So we can see it like in its full glory Yeah. because that's how glorious it is. And we want to see it in an environment where we can give it all the, all of the recognition that it deserves. It's awesome. So I'm so, I'm so truly blessed that we are able to do that. And I'm truly blessed that my family knows about it and that they're excited to see it and that um, I will get to see it and spend time with Travis as well, which we've been talking about it for a while now. So I'm glad that I get to share this opportunity with him and to just it be so embraced by its light and by its company. Yeah, it's, you know, and what I just thought of is the star of Bethlehem, it, when that came, when Jesus was born, it was a new beginning. The Messiah had come, things had changed, and things were never going to be the same again. And it's kind of yes. like we're getting the star of Bethlehem now with what everyone's been through this year. It's kind of like, to me, I think it's a little bit. It kind of signifies a new beginning, just like it did 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born. It kind of signifies, you know, a change that's happened. Hope, hopefully it draws more people um, to Jesus and really, really captures the Christmas spirit in a way that, None of us ever could on our own. So, yeah, me too. And I would agree with you. I think that this is definitely going to be a sign of new beginnings. And I am hoping and praying that it is. Yeah. Because, and I, I would agree with you. I just hope and pray that so many people see it and they're so touched by it and that they feel the warmth and the love that jesus and god are giving is giving to us i hope that they feel that within this light and that they choose to follow the light and that they choose to follow along the path and be guided to a whole new world absolutely very good devotion very good food for thought morgan this time of year excellent stuff i love it we will keep an eye on that december 23rd and uh, we won't yes. see anybody's pictures on christmas if you, if you got some so we're gonna try to get some on our own so hopefully hopefully you all can too um, whose turn is it? I think it's her turn to pray this week, isn't it? No. So, all right, if you're ready to pray us out, then then we're good. Okay, here we go. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for everything that you do in our day-to-day -day lives. Thank you for all of the blessings that you have given to us. Thank you for and God, thank you for sending your only son to us and that we get to celebrate this time of a year with you and to celebrate the birth of your son who was a huge savior in each and every single one of our lives so thank you for that and i hope and pray that everybody is safe these holiday this holiday season and that everybody just finds it finds a new beginning with this uh coming year and that we can all just enjoy this time together and that we all have a signal of hope with this star and everybody just feels the presence of you and feels your love every single day of their lives and please continue to watch over baby bennett he's doing so much better and is home right now so thank you thank you thank you so much for allowing him to come home 
And thank you also a little tidbit too. His aunt finally came, was able to come home from the army from basic training, which was such a huge blessing for him and his family uh, to get to see her. And so thank you for allowing her to come home because I know how much that means to them. And everything that you do, Lord, thank you for just everything and every single blessing. And please help us through all of our challenges and struggles in life. And just help us to follow the path back to you and be guided back to, to you and in your light. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Good prayer, Morgan. We hope everybody is having a very Merry Christmas. Um, we appreciate you tuning in and comment on what gifts you got. <laughs> Again, let us know what you think, how Santa got to your house this morning. Um, we gave us our theory. If you'd like to hear yours, um, we're planning on being back sometime next week with you. So it'll be after Christmas. But um, I'm sure that'll have a little bit of a Christmas flavor to it too. Talk about kind of what we got and <laughs> what we did. So I'm sure it won't be it won't be totally void of Christmas. But uh, we'll we can't do it the Christmas yeah. season. <laughs> we we got to keep going on a little bit. So we'll let you know what day to look out for that. So again, for Morgan, um, I'm Levi saying thanks for joining us again. Hope you're having a very merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you again soon.